Hey everybody, I'm XTV producer Jennifer Moore. Welcome to episode three of XTV Newsers. And once again, I was actually able to secure a real guest. And this lady and I, we've, we actually go back quite a while. We are, we've been friends for about 10 years and we worked together not once, but twice. And the first time around was on the elusive overnight shift. So welcome Angina Adamian Iyengar. And uh, back in the day, you were known as Angina Damien. And we work together in El Paso, Texas, and in Tampa, Florida. So, Angina, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to see you and talk to you and be part of this. And you as well. Now, let's start off with the, with the easy question. What jobs did you have at TV stations? Sure. I had many jobs, believe it or not, in a TV news environment. You almost have to wear many hats. My first job uh, was in Casper, Wyoming, where first I started off as an intern there, just updating a website and trying to get as much on-air experience as I could. And eventually I got hired there about three days after I graduated with my uh, degree in broadcast journalism, which is a big win uh, for anybody in broadcast news. But anyway, um, I worked there for about a year, and then I got the overnight gig in El Paso, where of course I met you, and I got a lot of great experience there, mostly doing reporting. Um, in Wyoming, I was doing producing, reporting, website updates, anything and everything that was needed. At times, you were almost the news director when the news director was gone. So a lot of different hats there, but in El Paso, mostly it was overnight reporting. I did some anchoring there, which I truly enjoyed, um, and then uh, got the job as a, a multi-journalist, a, a journalist, as they call them, at Bay News 9 in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. So I did that for about uh, a year and a half, and um, that was that was end of my, my news career before I transitioned into doing something. And working, I, I got to say, working the overnight shift as a reporter is a very unique experience. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Absolutely. Um, I was just so excited when I got that job that I got to leave Casper, Wyoming. It was a great place to live. It was an interesting community, but I was ready to work in a bigger market and, you know, report on different type of stories that weren't so you know, rural oriented. Um, so when they said overnight reporter, I was like, oh, I'm so in. Um, but once I got there, you kind of realized, okay, overnight reporting is exciting because, you know, you're reporting as soon as a fire happens, like 20 minutes later, you're there. Sometimes we were there before, you know, the emergency crews were there, which was kind of interesting. But um, it was a very unique experience. Definitely put a lot of things in, into perspective, not just about the career and the demands of being an on-air person, but also just in life, like you really learn to appreciate sleep and a normal, you know, schedule when you're working overnight. So it was intense, but I really made some amazing friends doing that. I mean, when you're working those kind of hours, you really do have to become like family. I mean, for the most part, you're kind of in survival mode. You're just trying to get through to the next story, get your you know deadline, get your story in. And um, it, it was an intense experience, but it was something I would not trade in for anything. And I got to say, working at those small stations, like it really, you really end up bonding with the people around you because you're all starting out. It's kind of like a crash course in grad. It's almost like grad school for journalists. And I'll never forget. So one thing I remember about you is when you'd first started working there, I went to your apartment and of course, you know, we were kind of broke. We weren't making a lot of money and everybody at the time was getting those Little Caesars hot and ready pizzas, the $5 ones. And that's kind of what I lived on for a while just because- you know, Absolutely. you had to, you had to budget your money, and I remember going to your apartment, and you had one too. And I was like, "Yes, I'm not alone." 
literally would it was little caesars like it was little caesars five dollar overnights uh, it's literally working overnights i was just talking um to my mom about this like you would be craving a pizza at eight in the morning you can't yeah. get pizza in the morning not in el paso not when i lived there so it was like you it was a different it was just a whole different life and you know you're eating dinner and you're just trying to figure out your day it, it was an intense interesting experience but again i would not trade it i learned so much there made so many great friends and a lot of stories that you know even though i'm not there i still i still think about from time to time I know, me too. All right. What is the best, what was the best part about working in news for you? For me, the best part of working in news was, and I know you're supposed to, you know, as a journalist, you're supposed to kind of keep your distance. And in order to do a good job, you really do need to, you know, not have a bias and try to, and even just as a journalist, you kind of do need to keep your distance just to keep your sanity. You don't want to get too involved in the stories that you're reporting on. But for me, the best part of the job was when I did have the opportunity of someone had just lost their home. I mean, you really do meet people on the worst day of their lives sometimes. And, you know, you have an opportunity there. I mean, you work for the media. I would love to contact, you know, a big box store or some department store and say, hey, you know, this family I just reported on last night, they literally lost their entire livelihood. They just lost everything they owned. And, you know, the Red Cross is there and they, you know, give them certificates for a couple days. And that's not, that's not going to, you know, especially if you have a young family, that's, that's not going to get you very far. Um, so, you know, I would reach out to one of those stores and, oh my gosh, the generosity, just to see uh, the generosity you wouldn't expect from like a Walmart or a Target. You know, these are huge stores that what do they care about? Some family who lost everything, but they did. I mean, the managers at the stores, I, you know, when I reached out to them and they wanted the sizes of the kids and they donated, you know, so many things just that meant so much to these families. And just to be able to see that, not even to follow up as a reporter just to see you know these people are going to be okay it's okay you know and and to know that you had a little hand in that just connecting people I mean I didn't do I didn't do anything I don't think I did anything just connecting a store that's willing to donate to a family that's obviously in a time of crisis those were the best stories for me personally yeah seeing that people really are good and seeing the the generosity of the community that's coming together that's so amazing all right. Now, on the flip side, what was the worst part about working in the news business? Oh, my goodness. Again, there is, like, such a long list. I'm trying to keep it upbeat. And, I, you know, I, don't, I mean, of course, you know, every job has its positives and negatives. No job is perfect. But the hours were intense. Like, we were just talking about overnights. I mean, you know, when you sign up for an overnight, that's what you're going to be doing. But just the on-call aspect, not being able to plan a family dinner because you don't know if you're going to be home for dinner sometimes. So that was a little, you know, a little inconvenient, but that can be worked through, I think. Some some of the more intense parts of the job were, you know, sometimes the doom and gloom really can get to you spiritually. I mean, yeah. you're talking to people who lost their home, who lost their child, who were just, sometimes it almost feels inappropriate to try to interview these people, but you do want to get their story out and you'd be surprised. Some people were really open and and ready to talk to you, and, and some were not, and they would let you know. But I think that, for me, was probably the most difficult part of the job is, you know, you do get kicked, you do get spit on, you do get door slammed in your face. That's that's part of your job. Yeah, and people, uh, people don't see that side sometimes of reporting is that you are, you're put in some very tough situations that most people are not ever in. Like trying to go right. to a neighborhood and talk to someone whose loved one has just been shot or something bad happens. So, and you're supposed to try to talk to them and you're like, oh, 
Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, sometimes it just feels wrong. It just felt wrong, but you know, you have to remember you're doing a job, you're trying to get a story out and maybe someone can learn something from the story. And, you know, and some people really, you'd be surprised, or I was actually surprised by the strength. I mean, if I had just lost a family member or, you know, been in a crazy accident or a victim of some kind of insane crime, I don't know if I would want to be on camera talking about it, but you'd be surprised some people just come out there and say, Hey, look, I want you to know my mom's story. This is my mom's legacy, or this was my son, you know? So I was really surprised and, you know, just in awe of the strengths that some people have in, in the face of such horrible circumstances. Well, that's, that's at least a good memory you have to look back on. All right. So what, is there something that you would want the world to know about the TV news business that may not be evident on the surface? You know, for me, and I, I don't know, maybe this is just, for me, I just want people to know, and although I'm not in the news business anymore, but people who are on, on television, these are people at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you, you let them into your living room and they deliver the news, but you know, they're, they're people at the end of the day. So I think back to some of the, uh, you know, some, some viewers, I don't know if they just were a little bit negative about your personal appearance or, you know, your voice or your eyebrows, or you'd be surprised. People really were a little critical little more than maybe they should have been um you know these are these are people and when they're out there reporting on these horrible things or good things or whatever it affects them too you know it's um you just just keep in mind that you know these journalists at the end of the day they have families too and they're people they may it may not seem that way i mean i guess there is a little bit of a disconnect between a reporter on television and you know your life at home but but they are people and they have feelings so that may sound cliche but for me i, I think that's an important message yeah, sometimes sometimes it does seem like a, we, we get a lot of hate sometimes, so particularly yes. on the internet. Yes, yes. Particularly on the, all right, is there one story offhand that you remember as having a really big impact on you? Um, that's a good question. You know, there are several stories. One that I just mentioned about that fire, um, that one was in El Paso. Um, the earthquake in Haiti, that was a pretty big one, and just the you know, the aftermath after that and all the hurt and all the generosity, like I said, that came with that. That was kind of a big story and everyone was trying to scramble to see who had their passports and who could go. And that was a crazy time in the newsroom. Um, but, um, you know, the stories that came out of that um, were pretty powerful. Just, again, the generosity. I just feel like it's such a unique experience to just see it firsthand. Um, so those types of stories are the ones that stick out to me the most. Let's talk about the, the, the viral stories. Now, those are all the rage. How do you get, a, people are always at wondering, how do you get a viral story? You know, like this recent Rhoda Young reporting live on the scene lady, you know, so what, yeah. like, yeah, which is, which is crazy and she's awesome. What attributes have you noticed that viral stories really tend to have? Um, for me, the viral stories that I remember from now, I mean, the most of my news comes from, you know, the internet and social media. That's just kind of my lifestyle these days. But um, the ones that stick out to me and the ones that I think um, tend to go viral, the ones I see online are, you know, someone who leaves like a giant tip on, um, you know, for a waitress, especially, you know, around the holiday time of year. Um, or, you know, I saw the uh, one on, online the other day about just a woman giving this elderly man who looked like he was freezing out in the cold, just giving him a jacket. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Or just people doing good, like the police officer buying shoes for a homeless person. I think those are the ones that people, I mean, people want to see. Of course, here and there, there's a crazy one. I think I saw one recently about the manger scene at a church where, you know, a two, two and a half year old kind of 
uh, took over, you know, cute, just cute, just a cute little escape from it all, I think, or just really good stories. I think those are good qualities of a, a viral video. And here and there, you do get the wacky ones where you're like, what is this? But for the most part, you know, I think good in people, silly, funny, you know, good, clean humor. Those are the kind of stories. All right. So people, if you want to get a viral video, the, that's what you should do. That's what yeah. you should try to do. Absolutely. And, and that's, that seems to be what everyone is kind of echoing. So that's, you know, and that's why we're talking to people like you guys is to try to, you know, get more of a cross section of people to say, sure. this is what I think a viral story is. And yeah, good news, anything positive, anything really out of the ordinary. All right. So you sure. probably over the years, you've probably had a lot of people pitch you stories uh, like media and PR people. And also you worked on the other side as well. If you were to come up on, right. come up with sort of a guide on best practices for media relations, what kind of stuff would be in it? Yes, as you mentioned, being on the PR side of things, um, you'd be surprised some of the things that, um, you know, uh, the PR, you know, agency would say, okay, we need to pitch this to the media, we need all this coverage, and you're like, all right, what, what is the story here? Like, what are they going to cover exactly? Just because we think, you know, May is sunscreen, sun, skin cancer awareness month, the media doesn't really necessarily have the urgency to cover this story, like, like a PR person thinks that they should. Um, definitely I would say have, you know, visuals, have a personal story. Um, when I was working in, in medical PR and it was not hard to get a personal story, someone who survived skin cancer, someone who had been tanning since the age of 15, who has a message to share after going through cancer treatment. Those are the kind of stories that I feel like, you know, the media enjoys covering. Those are the kind of stories that I feel like are impactful for their viewers um, you know, something that we can all learn from, a lesson to be learned. Um, those, are, those are the type of stories that, you know, just having visuals, having something to show, um, having a real person to interview who has a story from their real life. So often we catch ourselves, oh, hey, this doctor has this to say, and this doctor and this, you know, CEO of the hospital, no one cares. No, I mean, I don't want to be offensive, but I, I just don't think people out there, that message is not going to be, even if you do somehow get a new station to cover you, I don't think it's going to be impactful. Um, and if the real idea of Skin Cancer Awareness Month is skin cancer awareness, you want to have a story. Um, exactly. And, and we've all been in those editorial meetings where your boss is like, what's the today angle? So you right, need to exactly. have, it not only needs to be newsworthy, but it also needs to have a time, like a timely angle too. Right, and exactly. a lot of the pitches we got, you know, it wasn't, wasn't there. Like, so your boss would be like, you know, that we could do the story whenever. Why would we be doing it today? Right. Exactly. Exactly. There are a lot of people out there trying to get some media attention, trying to get coverage for like their business or for something they're doing. There's a lot of people here on YouTube. What would you, what advice would you give to YouTubers who wanted to get noticed by media outlets? I think of the news realm. Um, I think the height of like, you know, trying to find stories on, on YouTube and trying to, you know, keep a pulse on, you know, keep my trying to keep your eyes everywhere. It's, it's almost impossible. But for me, as a, as a news person, when I would go to YouTube was, you know, if I could just find video of a scene that I wasn't out overnight or, um, you know, an example of someone planking or I don't know, something that I just couldn't find the ordinary person doing on a day-to-day. -day. So those are the times when I would go to YouTube. But I think there's a lot of opportunities there. I, sometimes I feel like if I were ever to go back into news, I totally have a different perspective now. 
after being married, after having two kids, after traveling a little bit, I feel like I finally got the chance to do a little living. Maybe that wasn't possible when I was in the television business. Um, so maybe now I feel like a lot of the cool stories are kind of, you kind of have to filter through um, all that material on YouTube. I, I'm not saying all of it is, you know, cat videos, but you know, if you have, you know, the time or you are tuned in to the right channels, I feel like you will find some very unique and interesting stories. If I had the chance to do it again, maybe that would be somewhere that I would go for new, fresh news ideas. I feel like the news ideas now are coming to me left and right now that I'm not in the business anymore. But when I was in the business, I was like, oh, great. What am I going to cover today? You know, I feel like everything's kind of been done. So anyway, that's just a personal note for me. That, that is, you know, those are some good points about YouTube and you're looking for individual stories. So right. if you are a YouTuber and you want to get, like, say you want to be covered by your local news station, have a unique story. And also, as you've probably found, they kind of need to have a local tie. So like a station right. in Cleveland is probably not going to cover a YouTuber in like Denver, you know, like you got to, right. it's got to be exactly. someone, someone that has like a, like a personal tie to the community too. Right. And from a news perspective, some of the, you know, one of the more difficult um, parts of the job was actually getting someone on camera. They may have a really great story and they have, you know, something to say about something going on in their workplace or whatever, but they didn't want to go on camera. And, you know, you know, if you don't have someone to talk about it, you can't just go on TV and say so-and-so says. Yeah. And then they would be like, well, why can't you just put my story on the news anyways? It's like, because yeah, we, can't, exactly. we can't say this. We, we have exactly. to have someone else so, say it. Right. On YouTube, I mean, if someone's out there telling their story, you know, you know, they're willing to be on camera. So that's kind of one portion of it that, you know, was taken out of that equation. So that's also another positive. I think it's worth discussing. Those are some very good thoughts. And you and decided to leave the business after Bay News 9. Can you kind of walk people through why you decided to get out at that time? Sure. That was kind of a height. Of, for me, it was just doom and gloom. I think the news business really took a toll on me as a person. Um, that was just, I mean, when you're covering those kind of stories, I'm not saying they were all negative, but I feel like maybe I did kind of personalize it or I took it home with me. And at the time, you know, you go home and you cry because you're like, why did this happen to these people? And it's just, it kind of took over my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of getting in a place where I'm not happy with my job, but I'm just not happy at all. This is, this is not a way to live. And I know a lot of people have a great way of mentalizing and getting through that. Um, and work is work and life is life and home is home. I didn't have those boundaries. And I feel like that kind of affected me as a person. And it was definitely time for me. I, I couldn't see continuing um, that lifestyle anymore. It was not something that was just working for me. And, and you know, fortunately for me, I was able to land in PR and, and do that for a while. And I really enjoyed that. And it was kind of the natural next step. You know, you have regular hours. No one calls you at two in the morning. And holidays off. You, know, you, get you have the weekend off. I had really not had a weekend off. I mean, since I was in college, like it was kind of hard to even th think that way, but it, it was a weekend off, like it, it was unreal. It was amazing. It was like the life I had always wanted. But you know, I, I did miss the news a little bit and I, I thought I would miss it a lot more to be honest. I just kind of stopped watching, kind of disconnected for a while. And then, you know, there's the necessary information day to day, like weather and you know, whatever that you need to know to, to live you know, from day to day. But nonetheless, I, I did not, I thought I was going to miss it a lot more. Now, occasionally, you know, after moving to a different different city, um, 
you know, I think about getting back into business. It's exciting. But again, with two young kids, it's not really practical right now, maybe eventually. But for now, you know, it's, it's not something I could ever see myself getting back into. And now we need to, we need to talk about this because you are actually still using a lot of your journalism skills, but it's actually to help your husband who is on TV a lot. Um, can you yes. kind of talk about how you guys work together? Sure. So my husband was the resident physician for NBC's show called Daytime. Um, it's kind of a, a variety show, local, uh, based out of Tampa, but it was nationally syndicated in 144 cities. Um, so he would talk, he's a cardiologist, um, you know, by profession, um, but he would discuss all, all types of topics, the dangers of high heels. He would talk about, you know, salt in food. Sometimes he would talk about, you know, cardiology. Remember he did one on yoga pants and how they were like, he they were bad, for, which was that kind of a bummer to hear about. Yeah, no, he totally called me out on that one, by the way. Oh, my wife likes to wear yoga pants all the time. And I was like, who doesn't? I mean, they're, they're the best things ever. Yeah, no, they are totally the best things ever. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but nonetheless, so he does a lot of, um, television. He did a few segments for um, local TV stations where it was like Heart Awareness Month or he started doing new procedures, new devices um, that were helping a lot of patients um, in our county and in our community. Um, so he, he did a lot of television. And for me, um, when I started working at a PR agency, uh, he was actually one of my clients. And uh, I, I did, wrote all of the scripts for him, contacted the producer, trying to come up with different topics that they thought were, you know, viewer friendly or something that the viewers would enjoy. So that was uh, kind of how, and I still to this day or to very recently um, would still come up with topics and, you know, write his scripts and try to find opportunities for him to be on local television and not so much just for him to get his name out there more so uh, for the community to know, you know, new procedures are available. Uh, one of the procedures he does eliminates the need for open heart surgery, which as you can imagine, oh. your chest takes a while to recover from. So now there's a new procedure for some patients when appropriate um, that they can have a new heart valve inserted through an artery or through a vein, through their groin, um, to all the way up to their heart, which is much less recovery and a much quicker, you know, much less downtime. So those are the kind of things I think it's important for the community to know about. Um, also, it's, it's a great, you know, Thing for him to get his name out there as well that he, he does yeah and a lot of professionals have trouble with that tar sort of personal branding or with getting themselves out right. there for exposure but it's something sure. that's that's really good for business and also good for you professionally too right and i found when doing you know medical pr uh, some doctors are just amazing professionals they do a great job on the operating table they do a great job talking to the patients but sometimes you get them in front of a camera and they're just kind of hard to understand or you know, they have a lot of medical speak or they just freak out. So I think he's a good balance. He definitely has a good way of communicating and he definitely gets put across. And I, I just think it's some of the things he's doing where we're living in Britain and also where we're living now in Boulder are just really exciting. And I think it's, it's worth. Um, yeah. And I will say he's, you know, he is amazing. He's really talented on camera. So you have two people in the family that are uh, very charismatic in front of the camera. And I hear your daughter is a little bit um, into that idea as well. <laughs> she is else. This girl loves being in front of the camera. I, I don't know what her future holds, but definitely she is not camera shy. No, not at all. And you're like, and you were telling me the other day, you don't know where she got, like, it just sort of came out of nowhere. Like, 
I mean, yeah, it's not like we have cameras around the house all the time. We're not like the Kardashians or anything. So, you know, we're the day to day, but you turn that camera around, you know, the feature where you turn the video around and she is just on. It shocks me. I mean, I don't know. It might be in her jeans. I don't know. But uh, this girl, she really enjoys, enjoys being on camera, but I don't know what two and a half year old maybe doesn't. I don't know if that's just part of being two and a half and just not having a care in the world. Or if, if she really does, you know, enjoy only time will tell what, what. that is. So that's so hilarious. That's just, I, when you told me that, I just thought that was so funny <laughs> and so adorable too. Cause she, I seen your videos and she does seem to really enjoy having her picture taken. And she really enjoys like having like that phone on. Absolutely. So I think that's, I think that's awesome. So, um, what is your favorite social media platform? Right now, okay, so I have to admit, since getting out of television and maybe, you know, deviating a little bit from PR, um, right now it's just Facebook to stay in touch with family. I guess that's more personal. I do realize the value of Snapchat and Instagram, and I know plenty of people who make a living out of posting about what they're wearing, what they're eating, makeup tutorials. And all I know, right. Interesting. I don't know if I have time for this, but it seems interesting. And there are definitely a lot of opportunities there. For me, it's personally, it's just Facebook. I get my news there. I connect with my family. Um, you know, it's fun to post pictures of, you know, the holidays or whatever's going on, you know, and it's, it's really, you know, important to try to hold back a little bit. We just went through potty training and big girl bed and all this stuff. And I saw you're, you potty trained your daughter in a week. Is that right? I didn't even think it was possible either. I know. What's your, maybe you should do like secrets to potty training. Cause that I'm sure there are a lot of moms and dads out there that would Honestly, the biggest secret for us, they will tell you when they're ready. I mean, the kid was practically changing her own diapers. Wow. She would wake up and she's like, mommy, you need a diaper? And you're like, oh my God, it's time to <laughs> Like this, if there was ever a sign, this, this is it. So that's that. Well, that's incredible in itself. So, and uh, what do you see? I know you've been out of the game for a little bit, but you, you still, you still keep in touch with your news friends and you still keep an eye on it. What do you feel like TV stations can do? to really adapt in this whole changing landscape? Yeah, I do feel it is time to do some adapting. I feel like, you know, that chit chat banter between weather and sports, I feel like that's kind of where it's at. I mean, people- Like the personalities, yeah. The personalities, new, different. Like anybody can report on a car accident, a fire, a grand opening of a business. I mean, it's just that, what kind of sets you apart? What is your new style? What the personalities that anchors bring, you know, maybe a little bit of their take on the story. I feel like, you know, I, I just feel like maybe that is more the future of television news, which was my, you know, where I have the most experience. Um, I feel like that's, that's kind of what. And what somebody needs to give that lady Rhoda Young a job, that lady, the live on the scene lady. Yeah. Somebody oh needs goodness. to hire her like ASAP because she it's is all so, about energy and oh, she's yeah. got a lot of energy. I just love, and everybody, everybody I know in TV news watched that and just absolutely loved it. Like, I know she, she was a little bit colorful, but at the same time, like, that's the sort of thing that would, that people would actually watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I feel like um, now what everybody has, not everybody, a lot of people have, you know, cameras on their phone and the Facebook live. It's almost like anybody can be a reporter. I mean, honestly, you're just saying what you're saying and you have a little energy and you're, you know coherent and understandable. I mean, people, that's interesting. That's people, people are going to, I mean, I don't know. I, I would watch that. Anybody can be a reporter, you know, and now getting out of the business, I'm like, well, I'm not technically out of the business. If I wanted to like, you know, follow, you know, 
the ambulances around or whatever. You could tell yeah, it, you, you could be live on the scene of this bitch whenever you wanted to be there. Oh my goodness. That line, I just, I about died while watching her video. It was so funny. And lastly, I want to give you the opportunity um, for anybody watching, if anyone is watching, to ask all of our viewers any question you want. Yes. So I've been thinking about this and I feel, you know, I just, this was the most intimidating question of all the questions that you've asked me because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, you know, what do I want to know? But I feel like after doing some thinking, the truth is, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like, do people really want to see all the doom and gloom? I mean, in the TV business, the joke around, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, but is that true? Like, do people really want to see all that craziness off the top of your show? I mean, would people tune in if it was information? I mean, I was always good information. If it was like a good positive story, a good story, maybe more of a feature story off the top, not necessarily, you know, oh, this happened and these people died in this mass shooting. I know it's important to cover those types of stories, but sometimes I just feel like back to back, it's just a little, you almost want to just turn off the TV. Yeah, your whole A block is just, your whole A block is kind of depressing. Yeah, and then is. they always put they always put the good stories in like the last five yeah, minutes. They do like the squirrel that's you know skis or whatever. Do, I mean, I'm not saying people you want to leave your show with something like that, but actually, that might be a good that might be a good show. That would be a very interesting, different type of show. But nonetheless, I just I don't know. Do people really want to see all that doom and gloom? Is that really why you watch, you know, local news? Is that what it's about, or do the news people have it all wrong that you know people want to see? something other than that, or not so much of that, or maybe two minutes of that instead of 10 minutes of that. I don't know, but that's that would an, be my question. That's an excellent question. Okay, so people, if you are watching right now, in the comments below, answer Ankina's question. When you're watching the news, do you want to see the doom and gloom? Like, let us know what what kind of stuff would you want to see on the, the local news? I mean, obviously, there's a point where, you know, you want, you. it's a delicate balance between what people want to watch and what's important too, but how do you feel about all of the neg like the really sad or negative stories, like yeah, I like mean the, the, truth the is violent would, stories. It's just we would cover like car accidents. I feel like for me were the worst because I've been in car accidents, and you're like, oh my god, please God, don't let there be news cameras that roll up because it's not that bad of an accident. Like, what is the viewer benefit? I understand if there was you know a, a fire in your building or you know some event that is inconveniencing people, shutting down traffic, whatever. That's important for people to know. But if it's something that, you know, no one really got injured and people are okay, I just, what is the viewer benefit? Like, what are your viewers getting out of that? Is, is viewer benefit even important anymore? I don't know. And again, I'm not watching traditional news so much these days. So I don't know, maybe things have changed. But in what I have seen, you know, it's just, sometimes it's a little... It's a little much. And I remember from our days, we covered a lot of those single vehicle rollover crashes. So that was like, after a while, you're cut. Like, it's like, how many of these can we go to? The single vehicle roll up, like one I mean, car. I can understand. Sometimes it's a great visual, but I mean, why? Like, who's getting anything out of watching this? If, I'm sure if someone who was involved feels horribly, if they caused it or they were involved, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be on TV if I was in a rollover crash. It's just, I don't know. No, definitely not. Well, Angina, thank you so much for, for being here. And uh, hope maybe we'll see a YouTube channel for your daughter. We'll we'll, we'll stay tuned. Oh yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And if you guys out there, if you are also an XTV newser and you want to be featured, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at XTV Producer. And Angina, thank you so much. And we will see you guys next time. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of XTV Producer. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified about every new episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, definitely leave us a review and let us know what you think.